Hi, welcome to Rockle and Russell's YouTube review. Each week we'll be setting each other challenges uh, on YouTube and finding videos for hopefully your entertainment. Hope you enjoy this current episode. Right, Mark, can you believe episode 10? So Double digits. We're over 500 um, listens now. Who do you reckon the most um, out of the people we know that do it? Who do you reckon the most avid listener is? Not including parents. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know my mum listens every week and she gives me the same feedback every week, actually. She's like, I need to swear less. And, oh, I didn't know you did that. I'm learning a lot about you from your oak days. Well, I'm, I thought I was quite an open book. I didn't really think I was holding anything back from my parents at any point. Well, the messages I get online, I know James, uh, CJ's, or um, I think he's listened to every episode. Ross McCarthy, Ross Evans, uh, Lewis Annis has listened uh, from, to most, I believe. My sister actually uh, contacted us to say that she was, uh, I think she was commenting as she went whilst listening to our 90s episode, because she was like, oh, I had that tape in Gladiators. And I thought in 30 seconds time after that, I tell Mark specifically that you had that tape. So uh, I think she's almost live tweeting it. Um, I don't know. What do you what do you reckon? Do you, any names come to mind? Yeah, I, Ross Ross was the one. Obviously, he's someone that I see over the oh, course yeah. or speak to, at least. I don't always see him. Yeah, he's mentioned... He actually said that he laughed out loud on the train listening in his headphones a few weeks ago, which is a, a nice touch because as, as a podcast fan, that was obviously something that I've done over the years. Yeah. When I've been listening to something else, I've had that moment where you just get caught by surprise and laugh and make people look around at you. So nice to know that it's, you know... Did he say what bit? Or... <laughs> yeah, it was... It was when you challenged me to name a, a sport that a film hasn't been made about. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Daniel Daniel Boyce actually said that bit was funny as well. Yeah. So he's an avid listener as well. He said, hey, Boyce has actually recommended us to others. So he must be uh, maybe like helped us get our listenership up at least a little by 10 or maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, actually, I've not I've not um, reached out to her, but I think someone, a friend of mine from university commented on the Instagram page asking where to find it. Oh, right. Was that? Okay. I thought that was yeah. one of Laurel's friends. So... No, no, that was um, that's someone that I was at uni with, Laura. Yeah, but you replied because obviously you're more kind of on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Plus, you haven't got permissions to do that on the because <laughs> it's linked to my Instagram. Yeah, if you want to follow us on Instagram, uh, I've said it on other podcasts because I never re- remember what it actually is. Rockle and Russell One, that's our Twitter, and then our Instagram, Rockle and Russell Pod. So there you go. So thank you. What's her name? Laura. 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 Yeah. Was she in from the the House of Doom? No, she lived down the road. So. Oh, okay. Laura was. She was a housemate of one of my friends. Yeah. So a, a friend who was on my course who I got to know just through that way. And then it turned out he lived in a kind of student um, accommodation down the road from the House of Doom. Okay. And she was one of his housemates. So obviously just over the course of the year, popping in to see him. And over time, we ended up just being mates uh, for, mm. the, for the remaining couple of years. Well, that's nice. So you're still in contact and she cares enough to listen. That's good. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I'd li- I was thinking the other day, I'd, I'd listen to this. If this was something that two of our friends were doing, I'd listen to it. Okay. Yeah. I, listen, I listen to that lads and dads and a couple of beers because I like the fact they're just both from Winning Garden. And um, yeah, you know, they have interesting guests and things, and they're like, I think that's good. If you've got like, because I, I message the the guy every now and then. I haven't done it for a while now, but I think I listen to it. Think, oh, is he going to mention me this week? But he's <laughs> obviously still yet to do that. But yeah, uh, Michael Curtis was a guest on the other week. Did you hear that one? That was really good. I didn't know because I've not, I've not um, listened. I downloaded and kind of scrolled through a few after you mentioned yeah. it the weeks ago and I saw I saw Michael Curtis's name as a guest I didn't mm. yeah so listen back we've got a couple more coming out we let's tell our listeners how this works 
we meet every week, but then when we have like a week, which I'm, we're really happy with the content, we talk for about two hours, don't we? Yeah. And then, and then uh, I edit it down to try and get under an hour. But then if I feel like it's worthy of an hour, we split it into two. So we have a few gaps. So at the moment, we are talking between the end of our second 90s episode before I think our best two episodes with your sister-in-law are coming out next couple of weeks. So I'll probably try and sell that a bit better online. And then, you know, I don't, it's just, it's a bit of a pain, like advertising. I don't want to overhit people around the head with it, if you know what I mean, and say, listen, 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 because, you know, it's not that important, is it? I have days where I kind of sit there and think and try and sort of get a bit of inspiration of what I could do in terms of sharing it amongst people that I follow. But yeah, I always kind of then, hold up at the last minute I think oh no actually I don't want to be kind of ramming it down people's throat yeah yeah I did like a charity walk the other day and then I was kind of put on Facebook a few times like a link to oh yeah you donated thank you very much for that mate and then I got kind of kind of like half of the money and I thought I'm just people you know if people don't want the to um, donate they don't have to but there's no if me keep beating you know, people over the head with it it's almost like begging and it shouldn't be like that I don't I don't like it do you know what I mean I Even think one I, of the gets, gets gets a lot of bad press social media but one of the one of the big pluses of it is the way that people can advertise things I, I give a lot more to charity now through yeah. people I know advertising challenges runs walks whatever they're doing than I ever used to when I would just kind of maybe occasionally put some money in a pot walking down the street or yeah you, you you have to kind of go out of your way to do it and you kind of just you forget you'd occasionally kind of watch something on tv on like a kind of stand up to cancer night and you'd get your phone out and text but yeah i think yeah the the how easy it is now with just giving pages and that set up that you see someone that you're friends with doing yeah. something like a couple of press press a couple of buttons two minutes and you can donate it's mm. massive you kind of increase the amount of opportunities that i that i give to charity so it's, it's yeah. good, good what thing. i don't li- like is when you give to charity and there's a lot of recall from it and you get people calling you to say oh you've given money do you want to give some more kind of thing and i think how much is this person getting paid like yeah. as to my money just gone to them like that's stupid so i t- don't give to any kind of big things now i'm not a big fan of like comic relief and stuff i, I understand why they do it and it's it's great that they do but it's that constant like especially if you work in a school you get like a knock on your office door sir do you want to sit in a bar for beans I think no, a because it'd be gross, and like I don't agree with like raising money for starving people by wasting a lot of food. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, I just never got it. Oh, oh, sir, can we um like wax your legs? I'm like, nah, I just, I'm not up for that. If I, I think this is what I like. The best thing that Comic Relief could do is you can buy a badge that says I donated, which is like a tenner, and then no one's allowed to bother you if you're wearing that badge for the day. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's always been my plan. But yeah, I've got no problem giving to charity. Like um, one of our friends' dads side sadly died recently, and he popped a thing on there for the air ambulance. I'll put a link to it actually because it's a great cause in uh, well in the Hatfield, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, I can't imagine how what a hard time that is. And then rather than sending a text message that says I'm sorry for your loss or flowers or a card, you know, I think sending 20 quid to that is a lot better yeah. wouldn't you agree well this is our random episode or misc episode isn't it so there you go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so this week um, mark and i have come up with a plan of there's some videos that we can't fit into categories so we've got our favorite videos like we have with uh, like you've seen or heard in the past and then some don't really fit into that so we've gone with two each and then we'll talk about things around that so this is our misc episode and you didn't want it to be called random mark no i thought we'd sound like teenage girls well that's so random like, yeah yeah it was a good kind of working title for me and you to kind of come up with the the thrust of the idea but then when it actually got to title in the episode i requested that we yeah. called it miscellaneous <laughs> yeah so i'll undoubtedly like 
call it random episode like uh, throughout this now. But I yeah. probably I don't know if kids still use the word random. I, I imagine it's probably died and come gone back to us. What are the words now that get you? Ban- banter still gets used a lot, doesn't it? I, I hate that. That's yeah. my worst one. Did I tell you the story before? Like kids at school will say harsh, racist, sex, homophobic things to each other and then go, but sir, it's just banter. No, I'm not. I don't subscribe to it. I wouldn't be able no. to get away with that. <laughs> no, I, I can't stand it. And what doesn't help is how often you see kind of people in the public eye doing it as well. You know, like, well, the, the one that springs to mind is like pundits on football yeah. shows. Just it's so forced a lot of the times. Oh, right. Let me share a Charlie Nicholas banter. Have you seen that? They're looking the part, aren't they, Charlie? Yeah, they're still playing some nice football, Jeff. And I tell you another thing is that they're defending really well from set pieces. Uh, Pennant's just whipped in a beautiful free kick, and it's one of those that the keeper can't come for the traffic. Six yards out, and who's there? Taylor Fletcher back giving a hand to Cathcart, who's been outstanding so far. From that, they went in a counter attack. DJ Campbell just slightly offside, he should have timed his run and suddenly he was in and goal, offside given against him. Just before that... You should have gone to Specsavers, Charlie, because I'll tell you what, he's not offside. Well, He's absolutely bang in line, not offside. Well, maybe you should go also then, Jeff, because uh, you couldn't see driving home the other night because you you don't even wear your glasses in, in uh, TV in case you get you get slagged <laughs> off. So you just uh, you just stick to Specsavers and I'll do the game. I'll tell you know. what, I look very educated in my Specs. I'll wear them for you one week, I promise. That's just the worst thing ever, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I just hate it. It's just so cringy, isn't it? And uh, like, yeah. do, do you reckon they've been Charlie Nickers has said to Jeff Stelling there or mentioned Specsavers, and then I've got some great <laughs> to come back with because that is an official Sky Sports YouTube video. They've seen that and thought that is worthy of putting on YouTube. It's terrible, but they do. I think Jake Humphrey has done it a few times in recent years. He does BT, doesn't he? Yeah. When he kind of that you've got the ex players and then the presenter is usually not an ex player. There's yeah, a few, sure. there, but on the whole, and he tries to kind of be their mate, and you're just thinking to yourself, "Oh no!" I I think you said this to me before when he, they when he uses nickname. Yeah. Oh, like so, lamps. Talk to me about that kind of thing. Yeah. And yes. I had a I had a five live presenter after a game once, and um, she was interviewing Jordan Henderson, and she said she called him Hendo. Oh. <laughs> It's like watching someone's house fall down, isn't it? <laughs> the, one that, the one that always gets me is like Gary Lineker is a very kind of, you know, lefty, liberal, you know, points out anything that anybody does wrong. He's very yeah. kind of quick to do that. The one bit where he still kind of falls down is he told, tells some of the old Gaza stories, which are Gaza doing horrible things to people. <laughs> and he goes on about them being like the, the one about where Gaza tricked some bloke to climbing on the roof of a camper van to check something. Oh, and yeah, and then drive on the roof as I drove it off down the road. Yeah. And the bloke was like hanging off the back, and he was, he, Lineker's obviously like hamming it up a little bit, saying, mm. Oh, and he went round the roundabout and so fast that the bloke was actually like horizontal yeah. hanging <laughs> the ladder on the back. And I'm thinking, if that's either you're lying, in which case, I don't know why you would want to. Yeah. But if that's true, you're telling a story about how Gazan nearly killed somebody. Yeah, an and attempted you, murder. <laughs> and yeah, and you think it's hilarious. You follow, you see Gary Lineker's <clears throat> comments on Twitter. If anyone sort of marginally says something a little bit kind of slightly yeah. offensive, he's like, oh, disgusting, you know. When um, there's a great bit of what I thought was kind of the favourite, my favourite bit of football banter, that hurt to say, is when Gary Lineker's, it's, I think it's Rio Ferdinand, Stephen Gerrard and Ian Wright are in the studio. And he says, all three of these players have lifted the uh, European Cup. Uh, Rio and 
Steven Gerrard in Istanbul and uh, Milan, respectively. And Ian, when he walked into the studio today and lifted it up, and like they all have a bit of a laugh. And then Ian Wright says, oh, actually, I thought you were going to say when I picked up the back of your head. And it was like kind of, they were all laughing, touche, get, get on with it, you know. I think that leads us very well into our first clip, Mark. Ian's still the highest scoring striker ever to play for Arsenal, and he owes a lot to the man who first taught him to kick a ball, his old school teacher, Sid Pigden. As I haven't seen him for, what, 23, 24 years, and so he would now be expecting me to be six feet under, I would think. I, I don't actually think, uh, he, he probably won't recognise because he won't believe it's me. <laughs> Hello, Ian. Long time no see. Mr. Pigden. <laughs> You're alive. I'm alive, he says. How are you doing? I can't believe it. Someone said you was dead. As you see, I'm very passionate, and I'm so glad you've done so well with yourself. He was so um, supportive all the time. He, he, he kind of like had me as, as his kind of like special guy. <laughs> I don't know what to say. God, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You know, now I realize how important he was in my life. The first main imposing figure, male figure in my life who was trying to guide me on the, the right road. How far think? are we going back now? 40 years, 30, yeah. 30 easy, years anyway. Easy, 30, 30 32 years. So Ian Wright um, gets uh, introduced to one of his old teachers that made a big difference in his life. And it's the like, most sweetest uh, hair standing up on your arms, goosebumpy kind of things, isn't it? He just thought he was dead and now he wasn't. And then he kind of realises in that moment how much he's meant to him in his life, you know? And it's such a wonderful video, isn't it? It's got a lot of um, a lot of love in the last few years, I think, because Ian Wright's still got quite a strong sort of public profile now. So yeah. I've, I've heard that uh, people talk about that clip a few times. It's kind of cropped up. And then obviously Mr Pigden gets a big kind of round of applause from people just because just you kind of realise that without Mr Pigden, there wouldn't have been an Ian Wright. And then all yeah. of a sudden I look back and I think, Jesus, like without Ian Wright, I wouldn't have had some of the, my best moments. And you end up sort of thinking, yeah. you, you want to kind of be saying thanks to Mr. Pigden and any of the other Mr. Pigdens out there. They're the ones. <laughs> that if, if you keep going back as well, it's kind of like he made that difference to you and then you'll make that difference to other people. So it almost stems from Mr. Pigden, like things that affect your life. It's mad, isn't it? I love the way he takes his hat off as well. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that as well. Like he's still got that kind of instant respect for him. Like, yeah. takes off his hat. It's when he gives him a hug, I'm like, nah, I probably still, still shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a slightly awkward, but it's such a, because he talks about him on, uh, have you heard of Ian Wright's uh, Desert Island Discs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> and he talks about uh, Mr. Pigden on that, and it's kind of so touching and sweet. And if you read Ian Wright's autobiography, he mentions obviously Mr. Pigden in there as well. He has actually made such a massive like a difference to English football, isn't he? If it wasn't for him, Ian Wright wouldn't have had this kind of get up and go to be a, a professional footballer. And, um, yeah. You know, fair play to him. I think that video is, I just saw it then, 3.1 million people have watched that video. I went into the Heads of Year interviews 
So like five people come in from wherever. And so I had to sit through five different assemblies and then you say what you thought of those assemblies kind of thing. And three of them used that video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but obviously there's still the same kids in the, the hall. Like, so. I, um, I'm pretty sure Emma's used it. I'm pretty sure Emma's used it, yeah, because obviously it wouldn't be something that she would naturally stumble across. But like I say, it's just, I don't know where though, but in recent years, it's kind of, it got shown somewhere that kind of put it in front of more people, put it on a kind of in front of a wider audience. I think. Um, I would I would guess for a few years Mr Pigden would be one of those people that Ian Wright would kind of mention of his own yeah like off his own back and then once that clip's shown I reckon people probably ask him about it a lot now yeah it's become like a stock question that people would ask Ian Wright because they want to hear him kind of recount it yeah um, almost a different side more caring side of him isn't it and yeah it's, I, um, it's funny with Ian Wright one of the kind of holy grail clips that I've not found that I'm sure would be out there somewhere was um in the 90, 1998 World Cup, the yeah. England-Argentina game, he was doing ITV. Oh, yeah, with Jim Rosenthal. Yeah, but there was a clip that I remember seeing very briefly at the time, but it was back when you couldn't then just immediately get on Twitter and find it. Ian Wright, you know it's become quite common now for um, pundits, ex-players to fi either film themselves or have one of their people filming them when they're in the studio watching a team and you see their, their celebration. In 98, before that was a thing, there was this clip of Ian Wright stood with John Barnes and they were kind of in a gantry in the stadium so they, were, they weren't in the studio they weren't behind glass they were kind of out but they happened to be amongst and above um a lot of Argentinian fans yeah and John Barnes basically said that Ian Wright was just acting like a hooligan <laughs> <laughs> and like you know really over celebrating goals and goading them and everything that you would expect like a professional kind of pundit not to be doing he was, yeah. he was doing it all and John Barnes was just is not that type not that way inclined <laughs> he, was, he was just kind of recounting this story of, of Ian right nearly causing a riot in the, in the ground yeah I've, i think i heard jim rosenthal tell that story and he says um i like ian can you calm down there's like thousands of them there like you know we'll, we'll get we'll completely murdered and ian wright was going jim we can take them <laughs> like, oh he's just an amazing bloke and like it doesn't come across great in his book you know he's had quite a quite a lot of different wives and different kids and you know he's yeah. uh yeah he, he, i think he's quite apologetic in his book but then you know it's none of my business if you if you know what i mean when I read his book, I just want to hear about his footballing times and stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to dig into his past, his schooling time. That uh, documentary of um, David Rowcastle and Ian Wright's great, isn't it? Yeah, that's one of the, the BT Sport ones, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure what it's called. It's called The Broccoli, Something Boys. Broccoli to the Big Time. Yeah, that's really good. And I recommend that yeah. to watch that to anyone. That, um, that Pigden clip and then that little kind of talking headpiece of Ian Wright that we just saw... Was that from that was like an ITV four or ITV three show a few years ago? I don't know. It looked it kind of looks ITV if that makes sense. Yeah, IT, ITV four I think used to be the platform that they would use back then for oh, right. sport related stuff. I'm, that might still be available somewhere. I reckon the whole the whole mm. show of that. It was very similar to the broccoli to the big time thing, but it was there was not the Rowcastle bit. It was just Ian yeah. Wright about his kind of growing up and, mm. and his kind of route into stuff. But um, yeah, he's really emotional as well, isn't he? He was always yeah. crying. Stuff. Oh, he's great. I love Ian Wright. I think when I was growing up, do you remember being a junior gunner and then you'd ask yeah. for a signed photo and you'd always ask for Ian Wright or Dennis Burkham and you'd always get someone crap because they'd always go really quickly. So I've got yeah, I, had... I got I got an Ian Wright one once. I think the rest of the time I got whatever they had left. But um, yeah. 
he kind of, I think when he came along at Arsenal, I'd I'd started late. My brother had kind of started following the football, followed my dad early, and I hadn't really got the bug. And I did a little bit in the kind of early 90s, but I think Ian Wright doing an Arsenal tipped me over from kind of yeah. being fan to kind of fanatic. And I just, I remember absolutely like being obsessed with him. I just... Yeah, I was gutted when, when he went West Ham or to Celtic yeah, when he left. When he, um, in those couple of years where you used to still be able to just drive into the car park at the Arsenal training ground oh yeah you've got a video of that haven't you yeah it's actually on YouTube I think I I, oh, did I, you? uh, I uploaded it on YouTube years ago so I must right. have an account and it's the only thing I've ever done but it's, it's still on there yeah, yeah. I showed it mm. I showed that to Perry Groves when I did the Arsenal Stadium tour. oh yeah he's in it towards the end of that clip he he's in it and I kind of showed at the end when they do the kind of have your little minute with with the, the tour guide I kind of said oh look I've got to show you this and I just I'd skipped it forward because it's a few minutes long and mm. I showed him and at first I think he was a bit confused and didn't know what he was looking at and then he yeah. kind of he, he said is that Colney and I was like yeah and he went oh bloody hell and then he saw himself and Merson and people like that and he was like oh thanks for making me feel about 100 years old because <laughs> yeah. like Perry Groves is my favorite Arsenal player ever and then I, I did the Legends tour with Perry Groves and like it, my whole life had been building up to what would I say if I met Perry Groves I met him once when I played for uh, Arsenal's youth team and uh, he came and kind of came in and gave out certificates or medals for like participation I think it was and then I couldn't even meet him I was just so scared I just like left and um, someone gave me my medal later and it was all a bit embarrassing and I thought should I mention that to him and I thought no that makes me look like a dick and then somehow my sister got him to ring me on my 30th birthday and I spoke to him on the phone for about 10 minutes so I thought oh, I'll just mention that so I got my I did what because you saw him before I did so I took your advice and waited at the back of the queue so I could have a little bit longer with him and um yeah so when I saw him I just didn't know I said can I have a photo please can you sign my the program I gave him to sign was from the first ever Arsenal game I went to and I said oh you scored two goals in this and then he's told me the same story as like he told me on the phone but you can't exactly go oh you, I've heard this one mate come on <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah I just kind of said thank you for ringing me on my birthday and he was like oh did I oh yeah no problem like I thought oh it obviously doesn't mean as much to you as it does me and then we had a photo but he had to go on to tiptoes, which was a bit weird. And he had his arm <laughs> around me, but I didn't want to go over the top and I didn't want him to think I was there to murder him. <laughs> that makes sense. I tried to play it a bit low key and then I kind of went the other way. I was a bit dismissive of him. The first couple of times I went to the training ground after Ian Wright had signed for Arsenal, he was all I wanted to see was him. I'd obviously been there a couple of times in the kind of late eighties, early nineties. So I'd kind of already got autographs from Merson and Tony Adams yeah. and uh, Dave Rowcastle, people like that, George Graham. And then um, one of the the first time I went to the training ground when Ian Wright was an Arsenal player, he was injured, so he wasn't there. And then I went back another time and he'd been sent off, so he was suspended. So he oh, wasn't right. <laughs> And then the third time I went there, everybody had come out. Well, he hadn't, but his car was in the car park. And I was just stood there for ages. And my, my dad was like looking at me and I was thinking, I was just about to turn around and walk off and just heard a load of commotion and racket coming from kind of down the, the kind of alleyway that led around the corner. I looked around to see what it was. And I just saw two what looked like kind of youth team or like young players running out from the training ground, like covering their heads and footballs just flying out. <laughs> Right, <laughs> missing their head, and as they come running out into the car park, Ian Wright was the one coming out, kind of kicking balls at them. <laughs> and then I thought, oh god, he's here! Oh, yeah, thank god. And then I thought, oh no, he's going to chase them blokes and not see that I'm still there waiting for an autograph. But as as he got close, he just kind of stopped and then walked over. Yeah, and yeah, I got my got my picture and got my autograph. When I was a, a kid, and the guy down the road, Bill Woods. Do you know Bill Woods? 
he used to be a, a part of Hangzhou Football Club. But yeah, he was a really nice guy, and he lived out a few doors down from my mum and dad. And his a daughter was married to Kevin Gage, who came, who played for Aston Villa at the time. And uh, he, for some reason, like just because he was a bl- really nice bloke, asked if I'd like to go to Aston Villa with him. And then we got to meet all the players in the players' lounge and stuff before the game. And yeah. then I think he wanted a bit of time to himself because <laughs> he just said, "I'll go stand on the stairs through uh, Aston Villa. You go through a door and you're straight onto a staircase, kind of thing." So if I stood at the stairs, I'd get every player coming in and out. And I just stood there with my autograph book and people would come in and sign it, like Paul McGrath and Tony Daly and David Platt, that, that kind of era. Yeah. Um, Tony Cascarino, Ian Olney, I think, uh, was there. And then I was so clued up on Aston Villa players, like I was getting like Lee Butler, the reserve goalkeeper, Paul Birch, who played, there was a sub at left-back that made two appearances or something. And then this guy said, oh, would you like me to sign that? And I went, oh, yes. And he signed it. And then I couldn't read his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> and still to that day, I have no idea who that signature is. But I had all these um, autographs in, my, in an autograph book. And I had a really cool one from uh, Tony Hart. Do you know, you remember him from Heartbeat? Not yeah. Heartbeat. <laughs> and um, I met him in uh, the Howard Centre and I asked him, he said, oh, what's your name? I said, Russell. And then he drew a perfect Jack Russell to, to, to Russell from Tony Hart. And I thought, oh, I'd love to put that in a frame. But then I can't find my autograph book. I've searched everywhere. So oh. if anyone out there knows where that autograph book is, please, please return it to me. Is it, was it as good as my picture of Jeff the Oak? Um, it's not as good as your picture of Jeff the Oak, Mark. Yours has got colour. For Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs, they're now two and one. Uh, they won in double overtime in Washington last night, and then Duncan didn't play, Parker didn't play. The rodeo is in San Antonio? Right. Yeah, the rodeo's in San Antonio, so well, they hit the road. Oh, they sold a lot of churros. Yeah. <laughs> All them big old women down there at the rodeo. Leave San Antonio women alone. Killing them churros, though. Leave the San Antonio women alone. I'm telling you, boy, they probably set a record with the churros. Don't yeah. laugh at that, Shaq. The Spurs That's had funny. Oh. The Spurs had swept the season series. <laughs> churros. <laughs> They are regular women in San Antonio. They are sure. some great looking women, but that's some big too. That's some big ones. Some big ones though. <laughs> big. Oh. It's just too much, man. Come on, man. Y'all see them girls. Yeah. Nine, nine of the nine of the last ten years, the Spurs have swept the six. Victoria Depper, the secret down there. Around. They be wearing them big old bloomers down there. They can't. <laughs> Victoria is a. There you going, dude. You're going way too. What you wearing bloomers? Going way too. Victoria has a secret down in San Antonio. You're going, Underdog, you're put some bloomers on my T-shirt. You're going way too far, man. Yeah, man. Come so on, man. Oh, my goodness. They set a record for churros. <laughs> Why have we chosen Charles Barkley talks about churros? So Charles Barkley, the dream team NBA Hall of Fame. Phoenix, probably um, most kind of synonymous with his time playing for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, in the 90s. So, yeah, had a bit of a, obviously has had a bit of a kind of rivalry probably that carried over from his playing career into his career as a pundit with with San Antonio. So at some point in the past, he's made a, a sweeping comment about all women in San Antonio being big. And he basically gets goaded into talking about it now by other people on the panel, namely Shaq, who <laughs> finds it hilarious. Shaq's the person you can hear laughing. So yeah, Barkley is the kind of protagonist. Shaq is the enabler who kind of goes yeah. him and and gets him into saying it and then the other the other like the, the the anchor of the show and kenny smith the other player just sit there looking very uncomfortable <laughs> kind of roped into getting in trouble for it as well 
but I think it, it obviously just became a thing. It's on it's on inside the NBA, which is the mm. kind of team that present and talk about the basketball. But I I think I came across those clips because I found about a year ago on YouTube old full episodes of a thing called Open Court, where a load of old players sit around and just talk about a, yeah. a subject. You know, hardest player you played against, best mm. player, best this, best that. There was a clip on that once when someone was talking and then you just started being aware of people, Shaq, laughing. And it turned out Charles Barkley had kind of fallen asleep. That, you know, I watched that a few times and then the algorithms start kicking in and you start yeah. getting suggestions to seeing clips of it this this show which is inside the nba which i've just ended up watching a lot of this th- these clips in particular i end up watching someone has put together about 20 minutes of so that's it's become a running joke uh and it's just some really funny moments i, I like the way that shack shack kind of makes it in a way with his re- reactions to it he's a very funny bloke anyway yeah he's amazing i think he's fantastic on that inside the nba have you the video where he eats the hottest chip that's fantastic and then he's in all sorts of bother isn't he and then yeah. there's lots of clips of him falling over and then yeah. that um three-point competition he has with charles barkley and then yeah. he does like um he wins it and does like a big break dancing move hey yeah. god he must be seven foot he, uh shaq's seven one and big wow. with it as well a lot, yeah. a lot of basketball players who were kind of seven foot are like bean poles but he's he's just huge i mean he's yeah. he's uh, yeah could struggles to walk through doors kind of size. he's a, absolutely hilarious i think and he seems like a really genuinely nice guy as well i like um watching videos of celebrity surprising flat fans and stuff like that yeah. and um i watched one today where he was in a jeweler's like getting some whatever and this guy came in to buy his enga- an engagement ring and shaq said i'll pay for that uh, put it on your honeymoon kind of thing and this guy was like oh, no I can't I can't get you to do that and he's like no it's too late giving him his card and done it and then he went into an electric electricity store like an apple store and these two little boys said like, we're following him about and they were using a couple of the laptops and then the shack says to the guy oh do those these kids come in here a lot and they go so yeah they come in here every day looking at these laptops and he went i'll oh, just get one of them each of them one of these like yeah. he went over shook the hand and got on with it you know he seems an incredibly lovely funny bloke even his MTV Cribs, which would have been 20 years ago, he yeah. does like a massive, like he pretends to dive into a swimming pool and then does a big stupid somersault <laughs> after, oh, a little, yeah, yeah. after a little crap dance. Like, yeah. oh, well, oh, I really like him. I think the same goes from Barkley as well. I've, I've heard Charles Barkley, because uh, this, this show is such a huge thing. I mean, you imagine like in this country how yeah. well-known like the, the Sky TV people are. So mm. um, like Roy Keane. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Redknapp, it's along those sort of lines. Um, it's funny we were saying earlier about the kind of forced banter. Banner, yeah. You can't level that at this lot. The clips that I watch of this kind of inside the NBA, yeah. um, that they are definitely kind of in tune with each other. Mm. There's um, a, a video of Charles Barkley wrestling with Shaq behind uh, backstage, yeah. and it gets a little bit serious, doesn't it? You can see they yeah. don't neither of them want to lose. They're so <laughs> competitive with each other, aren't they? Yeah, and um, they were both. They they had a fight. Barkley was at Houston Rockets at the time, and it would have been when Shaq was in playing for the Lakers. They had a, they had a proper kind of punches thrown on um, on the court. And then um, it's funny. It's a good story here. I've heard Shaq talk about it later. He said that when he came off the court, someone came and handed him a phone, and he said, "Who's that?" And he said, "It's it's Charles Barkley's mum." <laughs> <laughs> right. And it basically turned out, he said he couldn't believe it, but his his mum and Charles Barkley's mum knew each other and had been friends for years, but he just didn't know. Yeah, he, he picked up the phone and ended up having one of those kind of funny moments where he's there saying, yes, ma'am, sorry, ma'am. <laughs> and like his, his, his mum, Shaq's mum called Barkley and mm. Barkley's mum called Shaq and just told him, you two, stop stop fighting. You're, you know, kids watch you. They look up to you. Oh, wow. 
That's fantastic. You told our producer that you have a song that you want to premiere right here on The Breakfast Club? Huh, Lil Dave? Yes. Lil Dicky? So, yeah, I've got this. It's my life's work. It's the best thing I've ever... Um, I'm just gonna... Huh? Well, if I'm being honest with you, I have had conversations recently with my team about whether or not it's ready for public consumption, and it's actually not finished yet, now that I think about it. How about I just rap for you instead? You knew you was coming to the Breakfast Club. So let me rap. You really ready to rap live in front of 8 million listeners tuned in? I think it is 8 million potential new fans, and sometimes you have no choice, and it just is what it is, so here we go. 8 million people that's about to think that you're whack. Or not. L's made the beat. Who the hell is L? Y'all probably didn't know what this was. Y'all probably about to hop on this bus. If you know somebody that'll call my bluff and line them all up, they will all need hugs. Condolences in my own lane like bowling pins. I'm so dumb, I don't even know where Poland is. Suburban kids, I got it out the roller rink. My girl just left. I should not have said that, but I guess I was due for a setback. I'm still dripping with a saucy to wet nap. My dick sucks so bad. Y'all don't even want to know the details. You don't want to know about the surgeries. I kept it all inside till now. Fuck it, I'll tell everybody. Two holes on my shaft. Hypospadius, look it up. I love when my fans are black. I'm a little tone deaf, yeah, what of it? You know my heart is in the right place. I've been working like a dog in this bitch. And that phrase doesn't even make no sense, because dogs were probably the least of all the animals in the world. I'm sweet like a sorbet. Mike, call me about to get another tour date. More cake, give me more hate. This is horseplay. Hot than a North Face. You cannot ignore Dave. I know I'm privileged. Yeah, let's not even go there. Out here fucking it up, uh, but I'm still fucking it up. Wait, little body, but the boys sound tough. Hold up, but they saying I'm my rap. Charlemagne, this is hip hop, right? Give me the facts, just keep it real. I'm up and down, like off and on. I was an admin of Omnicom. I used to eat up with the parents at the Olive Garden. I was wearing nothing but Ralph Lauren. My mom adorned me, and I like milk and porn, but I guess that's less important. Just a little side note about me, so get a no need. I don't even need weed, I'll smoke this beat like. All of that, all the smoke, I need all of that. Trust for them, they falling back. I don't know nothing about life, but I write it like a book. Wait, how you doing? I'm good, great. And if you see me up on the street, say hi, LD, and I'll stop you and say, whoa, my name is... What's your name? So that is the finale, unfortunately, for anybody who hasn't seen the sitcom Dave of the sitcom Dave. So it's a, a story about a rapper called Little Dicky, whose real name is Dave Bird, who is a rapper in real life. And then he's turned his life kind of deals and stuff into a sitcom. And that's the finale of it where he's uh, he kind of sums up everything that's happened in this, the whole sitcom into that little kind of three minute rap. I would say I've watched that video more than any other on YouTube. I love uh, like uh, fast flow rap. I could listen to it all day. And um, I think I've, I've, I've got a bit out of it now, but I used to be able to kind of like try and learn stuff. <laughs> I thought that would impress someone if I do that. Yeah, I used to learn fast flow rap and think I was really good at it. And then now looking back on it, it's a bit cringy. But then yeah, Dave Bird and Little Dickie's, um, he's amazing. And that sitcom's really, really good. I think it's still available on the iPlayer. But he's kind of taken as a joke throughout the whole sitcom of his rap career. And he thinks he's a very serious rapper, which he pretty much is. He's very good at what he does. But they're kind of lumping him in with the Lonely Island and kind of comedy rap kind of stuff. Have you, um, you you're saying this has been recommended to you? It's the minute I saw it, I was like, someone has kind of pointed me towards this recently and I looked back it was Lewis he actually sent me something a while ago of the um the ginger guy in it that, that he really liked and he said oh he's in Dave and then I looked at that I looked at it sort of you know a couple of months ago when Lewis said that 
then just completely went out of my head and then obviously got that clip from you and straight away I was like oh this was that thing that I looked at so um I remembered at the time back then that it was an iPlayer so when I saw the clip from you I was like I hope it's still on there and it is yeah uh, like a 10 episodes one series is that yeah it? and the episodes aren't too long are they so it's all kind no. of easily watchable in a few hours it's uh yeah great yeah. I really like it and he's like almost deluded to the point but he is so talented he's got every reason to be like horrible to these people in executives and stuff hasn't he because he's yeah. super talented and if you um, look up his actual music career i think it's um save save that money is uh, the song it sounds so cringy my accent saying rap things isn't it uh, was used in like one of the computer games my nephew's playing and i thought i recognized that and then looked it up and the video is really good to that he's kind of trying to make a rap video but trying to spend as little money as possible so it's kind of like i like those kind of music videos where there's kind of a story in within it so he's going looking on houses saying can we use your mansion to film our video and stuff and it's really good and it's but then it's a good song with it he's talented with his the actual like the rapping he's doing is very good as well He's got songs with Snoop Dogg now, Justin Bieber. He's got a song called The Earth, which is all about how we're treating the planet. And it's got probably probably 50 different cameos of different singers and stuff on it, like Katy Perry, Ed Sheeran, uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart actually pays for, he's the executive producer for Dave. So he's heavily involved. And I don't think he'd put his money to something that's rubbish, you know. So yeah, I, I saw his name flash up in the credits the other night. I've only seen three. I've seen three. Right. I, I think I, I watched the first one the other the other night after you sort of sent that clip to me and really really enjoy it. I, things like that cannot believe. Like so, sometimes things that start off kind of not not having they will have critical acclaim but not have a, a massive following. Um, and then things like you know the Office, Ricky Gervais when he first did that, but that that just exploded and became huge. But there are so many things that don't explode and become huge that yeah. are so much better than the stuff that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's um, all t- it's taste, isn't it? Yeah, I just uh, it's, it's just the quality of them just seems so much better. Did you, did you ever watch Detectorists? Yeah, yeah. You know, you just see nothing like of it. It's never mentioned. No. You never hear anyone talking about it, and it was just so brilliant. This looks the same. That is, it's obviously more subtle. It's not, you know, it's not Mrs. Brown's boys. That's the worst program I've ever ever. I've not even watched an episode. I, I think I watched like a two seconds of it when she meets a doctor and says, "Hi, doctor." Oh, she. Hi, Mrs. Brown. And she says, hi, Dr. Zhivago. And then the crowd laugh. And I I still don't know why they're laughing. So I don't know who likes this programme. There's a good one on Dave at the moment, John Richardson and his wife, Lucy Beaumont, both both They've got quite a good show on now that's kind of like a semi-real Meet the Richardsons. Oh, right. Is it not parody at all? Is it a a documentary or is it? It's filmed to look like a documentary, but there are kind of set piece, like stage bits of it but then some some bits the bits where they're sat down as a couple being spoken to by someone off camera seem kind of improvised and not written but then a lot of the kind of actual um yeah. content is but in in that she's trying to get a sitcom made and it's starting to look like it's going mainstream and they're, they're giving john richardson like catchphrases that he's got to read out and it, it's it's very similar it reminds me of that do you remember citizen khan i know of it yeah. i've never watched an episode though no and that again i watched that when it came on and then turned it off after a few minutes because it would just been sort of over egged but that character was actually um really funny in a thing called bellamy's people that was out okay. here, that was All kind right. of from the the minds of the far show and he, he played a really good character in that called Mr. Khan, the community leader. And it, it was very, it was along the kind of Borat, like Ali G lines where he'd walk around yeah. the community in Leicester in, in character as this character, Mr. Khan. The, the other people weren't in on it. And he'd, he'd be saying, oh yeah, I'm the community leader, I'm the community leader. And they said, what do you do? And he was like, I lead the community. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they, all these people, they all know me. And there's just all these kind of people <laughs> yeah. looking at him. And it was really funny. And then you hear like, oh, they've spun that off and made a series of its own. And you think, oh great, that was really funny. 
Mm. And then you watch it and you're just like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say is the broadest comedy that you actually like? Probably Fools and Horses, I think, because I, I do like that. And it's very different to a lot of the things that I like now. It's almost like Fools and Horses is is like a more of a nostalgic, like growing yeah. up with it. So you just you just like it. It's part yeah, of sure. your life. I'm not I'm yeah. not too sure what my, mine would be. I'm thinking of like I always picture my DVDs. <laughs> think what yeah. DVDs I've got. Um, I don't know if there's any. I think Peep Shows was. I think any sitcom that's got a canned laughter track, I'm not a big fan of. I just kind of fall out of it straight away. But then Partridge has got um, a laughter yeah. track. But then if you think of a comedy like Friends. If there wasn't those laughter tracks, I don't think you'd laugh. If you took it out and if you just read the script of Friends, like <laughs> it just you get a laughter under that, da 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 da, and then they're onto yeah. the next thing. And I just, no, that's, uh, a good, that's a good point. I think some of the some of the sort of caliber of the acting in Friends is sometimes good. They they kind of sell something that's not necessarily a funny line, but because they are so yeah. much that character, and you've seen them as that character. Like with Friends, I always think that you go through phases. Like I remember when I first watched Friends that I was convinced that Chandler was my favourite. And then I kind of started to think that Joey was. And by the end of it, I actually liked Ross the most. I think it was the South Park creators. Like one of them was Kenny and one of them was uh, Stan. Oh, not Kenny, sorry. One of them was Kyle and one of them was Stan to start with. They said by about season four, they realised they're both Cartman. The bits that I like out of Falls and Horses probably take it away from mainstream. Like I, I I never think of any of the kind of famous bits in it. Yeah, trigger. We spoke to Sean a couple of weeks ago yeah. about... Like the Del Boy falling through the bar is the go-to clip for a lot of people, but he said that he prefers the chandelier episode. Yeah, the, the thinking man's episode. Yeah. yeah, but I think I've watched Fools and Horses so many times and for so many years that the bits that I laugh at the most now aren't even bits that happen. It is just a turn of phrase or something funny yeah. that Boy. I was laughing the other day because I met I met someone at work the other day called Troy, and there's a bit in Fools and Horses years ago where they're trying to come up for names for their baby. Raquel, Rodney, and Del Boy sat at the table, and they're kind of throwing names around of what they want. And all of a sudden, the camera cuts around to Del Boy, and he puts his knife and fork down and goes, Troy. <laughs> right, yeah. And things like that, like I like more than any falling through the bar, any yeah. chandelier being dropped. Because saying Gary was a big thing with our mates for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was the that was from the when they brought it back and ruined it episode, yeah. which I was always a bit like, I don't really. Like oh, okay. It. Yeah, if you're going to talk about horns and horses, <laughs> talk yeah, about I'm, the old ones. <laughs> I'm not in that, that encyclopedic with it. I, well, I've, I think I've watched majority, probably eighty percent of the episodes, and then I think a lot of time through not trying, like just been on around uncles' houses, you know. <laughs> I'll still leave it on, and I watch it a lot, even though they're not overly Christmassy. I right. I have fond memories of the, the the annual specials being on around Christmas time. Yeah, I remember we went so, to a party on Christmas Day around uh, Ross Phillips's house, and we all stopped and sat down and watched Only Fools and Horses. Bit surreal, really. Fair play to anyone does like it. I'm not telling you to stop watching stuff or start. Well, I am telling you to start watching some things. But <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I think yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell anyone to stop watching something, but I no. would encourage people to maybe watch something that that yeah. wouldn't necessarily be on their radar. Because like that that Dave, I wouldn't have known about it if like yeah. you and another friend hadn't have mentioned it. Because like, like the other week when you said about Community and you should watch it, I thought, well, no, that you watch some other stuff before that. You yeah. know, <laughs> I think that's a better way of doing it. No, well, this this was a good a good one because I I kind of watched the first couple enough to then want to be like. Looking forward to watching it again. We'll probably like that. That's so cool that you did that. Yeah. Are you a fan of the originals? Never seen it. <laughs> I appreciate your candor. Bleak, dystopian, an absolute nightmare, to be honest with you. That's just my interviewing techniques. Yeah. But let's talk about the movie Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Cheer up. <laughs> 
cheer. Well, you know, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a bleak let's, day. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's a lovely day in London. Let's keep it that way. I'm this so is, sorry. This is not the introduction we were promised. Do, do, Bring me on with a little happier music. You know. Well, there's so much secrecy around this new film. What what can you tell me about it? Obviously, you've told me that it's you having a drink. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's where this that's where this is headed. Harrison, when you got that call to say, "Listen, we're, we're making another Blade Runner, yeah. and we want you to be in it," what was your reaction? So what? <laughs> in theory, <laughs> help yourselves. <laughs> I notice there's nothing left for me. She's right. <laughs> oh, I needed that. I've warmed up. <laughs> Billy said, would you be interested? I said... How much? Edward, show me the money. <laughs> no, I said, show me the script. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk to Ryan? Yeah, talk to him. I think so. Did yeah. you have much fun on the set? Yeah, it was great, great fun. Did you get your knitting needles out? Because I know you like to relax. Oh, we're going to go there. Knitting. We're going to go with the knitting. <laughs> oh, it's going to be like I'm that. Look at your jumper. I just looked at your jumper and I thought, yeah. did you knit <laughs> that? This is what I did on set. I knitted this sweater. It's a, it's a nice sweater. It's Blade Runner uh, inspired. I don't know what to say now. I don't know. I don't know. Is this an interview or is this... Uh... All right, I'll go with you, no, Harrison. No, I, yeah, you're, no. you're my man. Just you're my man today. Get out of the way. Thank you. Do you guys need help with the cameras? Can I... <laughs> <laughs> 35 years since the role. Well, how did sure you not. find the stunts? I found them extremely difficult, <laughs> which accounts for the fact that I hit this guy one time. That's show business. The story is that I missed him 99 times. And you know, I, you and know I they say once. don't meet your heroes. I would say don't get punched by them. <laughs> turns out it doesn't matter who you're getting punched by. It's uh, still just getting punched. <laughs> You've obviously been in Blade Runner, a sequel to one of Harrison's films. Would you like to maybe be in a sequel to one of his films? Maybe La La, La La Land? Can't dance. Can't sing. Really? Uh, That's not true. Can't play the, the voice piano. of an angel. Really? It's like an angel pouring honey in your ear. We're working on our harmonies right now. Are you serious? Yeah. Go for it. We're gonna keep working on them. Yes. Can I just go back and, and talk Molding about things wait a second. and creating? Can I just go back and, uh, and, natural and talk about. <laughs> Sorry, but... is this a bad time? For yeah, me? just uh... <laughs> beautiful day, huh? Thank you. There is a darkness and there is a dystopian atmosphere, but there is also a triumph of the human spirit. Okay. I'm invested. All right. What can you add to that? Is there a mic I can drop? <laughs> 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 well, it's lovely to meet you both. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much. So nice wow. to meet you. <laughs> what is it if you ever? What a day! What a way to start the day. <laughs> this morning. Uh, this morning. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Cheers. What a morning. <laughs> you know I don't drink. <laughs> Excellent. I still laugh at that. Like, yeah. I've seen it so many times. It's just her life is so infectious, isn't it? Go on, Mark. You've chosen that one. Yeah, well, I did, but then it was 
a great hit because you replied very oh, quickly. Oh, yeah. That uh, it was, that was very great. close to being one that you were going to pick as well, which might seem not that much. But when you look at how much there is out there, that is, that's quite a good <laughs> out, of, out of a few clips. But um, she's just great at that. And I think those press junket interviews are like notoriously difficult and the stars hate them because they're just kind of yeah. going into one after the other all day. And you hear, you hear a lot of kind of big stars almost saying that they want someone to do something a bit different. But yeah. The, the suspicion is that people would usually think, oh, even though I've heard that person say they want a bit of a break from the boredom, they, they would still lose their nerve at the end and just go to classic, oh, so did you enjoy making the film? Like an, um... Absolutely straight out of the blocks, just <laughs> kills it, doesn't she? Yeah, that kind of, uh, are you a fan of the original? And she's like, never seen it. Bah! Like, uh, it's <laughs> an amazing clip, isn't it? And like, I remember that at the time, it was kind of, it kind of showed up on all my different kind of media feeds, if you know what I mean hilarious interview at Harrison Ford Alison Hammond kind of thing but she was like a contestant or big brother or something but now they yeah. kind of use her don't they to kind of they want those moments they want her pushing people in water and like making mistakes yeah. and things and I think they know that and it's kind of oh, I, I think she's great on her own I don't think she needs any setup. I think there's a great yeah. clip where she's in someone's like when you know that big breakfast Keith Chegman used to go around knocking on people's doors and they're not interviewing him like yeah. he, I think she does something like that for this morning and goes into someone's house and gets her jumper caught on a door handle and then breaks the door off like it's just you know you can't plan stuff like that it's fantastic and then I almost think Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling are like oh my goodness I can't wait for this like you say they've got too many people who look like slimmer versions of me with an iPad coming in and asking them so do you think you'll return to Toronto to do a a Blade Runner 2012 or something you know because I think I think it was a quote from Cameron Diaz that says those press junkets are the worst thing about she said she gets um, she does movies for free but charges two million to do the press junkets I just think yeah that, that they would have well you can see their, their faces light up once they realise she's not going to just sit there asking them the same boring questions yeah and there's a real kind of genuine handshake at the end particularly from Ryan Gosling he actually sort of leans forward to her to shake her hand and he's he's saying like thank you thank you yeah. for just entertaining us for a few minutes because we've just got to sit here for another six hours just <laughs> yeah telling the story of how Harrison Ford, Ford accidentally punched me because they went on Graham Norton them two and did the same thing said the same story about them punching each other or Harrison Ford punching them just such a wonderful makes you happier doesn't it yeah and imagine imagine following her though imagine the person who came in next <laughs> yeah, yeah god and you'd have heard you'd have heard all of that from outside <laughs> and then you're, yeah. going, you're looking at your questions thinking oh my god uh, what's your favourite colour uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, can you imagine like playing at a festival after the Beatles? Like <laughs> it's kind yeah. of yeah, may- maybe chuck on someone to do some something terrible first. What did I hear recently that really made me laugh? It was someone talking about Tommy Cooper, and he went on somewhere and did something like on a on a bill, like a but like a music bill, but he went on first and uh, apparently just like did terribly. Like right. got no response, no reaction. But then um, I think it was yeah, it was Rod Stewart that was the person who was kind of the main event coming on. So Tommy Cooper at like had a shocker. Yeah, walked off, <laughs> walked up, walked past Rod Stewart in the wings and went, I'll "Follow that." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, have you read any of Danny Baker's books? I think I've read the first one. I don't know if that's. Oh no, I've read two. No, I've read two. Going to see an initiative, and there's there's three in total. Right, I've only read two. Because he tells a Tommy Cooper story within that, and it's really quite funny, where Tommy Cooper had to come in to do a day at London Weekend Television, and Danny Baker meets him, and he said, oh, like, he's got a really bad back at the time. And he tells everyone, oh, I've got a really bad back. I'm not going to do an impression of Tommy Cooper. 
and everyone's laughing at Tommy Cooper. And then he looks at Danny Baker like, I've got a bad back. <laughs> like, what's, what's going on? Like, it must be like almost what's the opposite of a blessing in disguise? Yeah, curse, <laughs> a, a curse isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, um, that's what Monk used to say. You know, that um, the OCD detective, when people used to sort of say how brilliant he was, he would always say, oh, it's a gift and a curse. Oh, right. Yeah. I think Danny Baker's podcast with Richard Herring is my favourite episode of any podcast ever. <laughs> I've listened to that probably 10 times, which is a lot for one episode of a podcast. But like Danny Baker is such a force of nature, isn't he? And he just can keep talking and talking and talking and just goes and goes and goes. And he needs to go story, story, story. And you're lo- like, it's almost like how Tim Vine tells jokes. He tells stories. That you're yeah. laughing so much at one story, he's already into the next one. I like, he just refers to his mansion as the house that Daz built. Did you ever listen to his podcast with Gary Lineker that he did a couple of years ago? No, no. I'm not a massive podcast. podcast listener. <laughs> Please subscribe to us at youtubereviewpodcast.blogspot.com or see us on Twitter at RockleRussell1.